Hey, I'm Steph. I'm a motivator, creator, small business owner, and educator. I'm a lover of all things health, spirituality, inspiration, and business. These are just a few words to describe me, along with passion, grit, and resiliency. Regardless of what I'm up to, I am soul-driven to create a purpose-filled life and find the advantages in adversity, all while keeping a smile on my face. Soul Driven with Steph is a podcast that will fill up your cup and leave you feeling empowered, inspired, and on fire as you listen to interviews and stories of other soul-driven and strong women that have overcome against all odds. This podcast was a calling on Steph's soul to serve, connect, and share stories of struggles and successes, all to create a community so that you know you're never alone. Grab a cup of coffee, get ready to learn laugh and leave with wisdom and strategies to connect to your soul and get back in the driver's seat of your life today. Here's Steph. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. I am so excited about our guest today. This is a longtime friend that we connected many years ago and it's just been fun to watch each other's journey and cross paths in totally different ways so i'm very excited to welcome our guest today lisa david olson hello steph how's this it going so fun it's yes. great other than you know it being 100 degrees today <laughs> and and when we live in parts like Wisconsin and Minnesota, as we do, we always have to have the feels like temperature because that makes us badasses. Like, ooh, but it feels like, so I was looking for that quick. I think it feels like 107 or something. That's yeah, how tough we are. It feels like Las Vegas right now, but with humidity. <laughs> so yes, but we're excited about the conversation today. Um, for those of you that um, don't know you or are new to your work, tell us a little bit about your backstory and what led you to where you are today in your career and speaking and writing and comedy. Wow, I can do that in a short version so people don't fall asleep stuff. <laughs> so I grew up in a home with three siblings and um, our mom was an alcoholic who was self-treating, I would say self-treating her, her different issues going on. And nowadays we would know what, what should be done when people self-medicate. But back then she drank and people just didn't really get involved in other people's business. You didn't turn in your neighbor or check on the kids. So it was kind of a, looking back, it's a sad time because now I work in an area that kids get the help they need. And that part's nice. But for us, we just had to be survivalists. Uh, mom would drink and then get physical with us. And I'm not making light of it. It's just an easier thing for me to say, as I've shared my story so many times, but I'm an advocate for um, making sure kids are safe and that they can report. So comedy was something that we would do with each other and try and cheer each other up after a rough night. You know, sometimes it would be, um, one of us would be the target. So we would cheer each other up and comedy became my thing because it was such an escape, you know, especially acting and playing like you were a star playing Barbies, just 
imagining a different life, a different way. And so imagination and creativity was definitely something in my marrow from early on. So then fast forward to always, you know, having fun, always seeking those around me that have that high energy and not everything's on and and going, but that's my best times is seeking humor and the connectivity of humor. So I ended up in a singing group and one of the ladies said, you know, you should try out for our improv troupe. I think, I think that would be a good thing for you to try. And I just thought, man, yeah, I can sing and I'm not shy. And then she says, yeah, we need another woman. I was like, oh, my head was so big. I thought I was so fantastic, but it turns out I just have girl parts, but I did go (laughs) and try out and I did get into the comedy troupe. And then years later, I ended up running it. So Heart of Lacrosse is my baby and it's sketch comedy, song parodies, and a lot of improvisation. And nowadays we're mainly going out and doing improvisation parties. So that's still fun. And we're going to have a show in January at the Pump House in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So post-holiday fun. And we're already planning that one. But also I use improvisation when I'm speaking. I love to do keynote speaking and to get out and share my humor. But it's always with an improvisation flair. You won't see me just at a podium with a PowerPoint. That's just not my gig. I love it. So what led you to speaking? Was it someone asked you to speak or how did that journey start? Someone did ask me. They had seen our shows and I was really lucky that there was a women's group. And I think it was the Cooley Region Women Magazine would have these events once a year. And I'm not sure if they picked those back up, but man, oh man, are they fun. You know, just girl time. I remember it being like a Sunday afternoon and They would have all the silent auction stuff. Well, they wanted entertainment and somebody said, oh, you know, check with Lisa. And that was my first time. And it was so much fun. I brought props. I did characters. I didn't know what I was going to do. And now I have it kind of narrowed down. But I I definitely was in my element. Just I felt like back being a kid and putting on shows in my room because, you know, I used to have sold out shows when I was a kid. I would have um, lots and lots of audience members. And a lot of times they wanted more costume changes, more songs. And it was, it would go on for hours. Now the audience turns out it's, they were all my Barbies, but still an audience is an audience and I'll take it. They never did pay for their tickets. That part I'm a little bit crunchy about. I love it. Okay. So you've been an entertainer since you were a child. Is that um, something that like, do you, I mean, it's probably part of your experience growing up, like you said, like kind of dealing with your situation, but then also like, I feel like that's just your personality of who you are and how you connect with other people. Very good observation. I think funny moments connect us, whether we know each other, whether we are, you know, the same age group the same ethnicity. We don't have to work in the same place. We don't even have to know each other to experience something funny and then just enjoy it and share in that moment of joy. And then your next interaction has joy in it. So this ripple effect just goes on and on. And to be a performer for somebody like, you know, growing up like I did is a tremendous escape. A lot of people, their escape is binge watching shows on TV. 
And some people escape is food. Some people escape is exercise or travel. Not everything you do is an escape, but for some people that are extremists, I would say it is probably that kind of a thing. And I'm not saying it in a bad way. It's really taking a break from the norm. And so for me, applause was acceptance and mm-hmm. laughter was saying, I like you. Laughter says you're cool or something like that. So it was, that's the reason I would seek a show, a spotlight, an audience, because when something hits and it's good, there's just nothing like it. And there's, of course, there's flat moments, but then you just work harder to pick it back up. Yeah, I love it. And I feel like that's where we've connected to was just that desire to make people happy and excited and find these fulfilling moments of just creating that connection and joy, um, whether it's, you know, up on a stage or in a small group, like just creating these experiences, um, which I feel is like what we need as humans so much more than just like binging on Netflix or scrolling through social media, like if we can have more of those in-person um, connections, then that is going to be just another cultivator of joy. So tell us a little bit about what led you then to write a book. Well, I didn't write for the longest time. That part oh, still makes me, you know, I'm mad at myself. But then again, you know, how long should we be beating ourselves up for something? I didn't write a book for the longest time, but I wanted to because I think having a book is like a legacy. And whether I'm right or wrong, you know, um, it's what I had a passion to do. But then you look back and I left school in 10th grade. So why should I write a book? You know, with everything that was going on at home, I actually left home, left school. I ditched. I was out. And each one of my siblings did their own version of how they got out of the situation. But, you know, why would anybody want to write my book? I don't have letters after my name. I don't have all this. And finally... It it became that I was my own worst roadblock. It became, we all have the troll in our head that tells us something about our body image, tells us something about our age, tells us something about our smarts or anything. Fill in the blank. We all have it. And really that's our internal voice actually telling us this is what we should do. You know, oh, these pants don't fit right. You know what? You should love yourself or get new pants or whatever, but don't let the troll make you angry and and all these things. So you yell back at your troll. Eventually I did write the book and Boyce the Mailman was my biggest fan uh, with Heart of Lacrosse. And he would see me in a coffee house with my laptop and he would say, are you writing that book? Are you finishing that book? I'm going to be the first one. And I tell you what, he was the first one at my book launch and he didn't know I was going to be writing about the childhood stuff, but my book Laughs on Rye, which is W-R-Y, is definitely sprinkled throughout with humor and my gentle pranks that I love and lessons that I learned. It's just short chapters called snippets. And when he read it, he actually was teary and told me that he had a similar story growing up. So when you do write a book, and I think everybody has a story to share, when you do write it, be prepared that you are now the expert in that field mm-hmm. and people will seek you out and want to talk to you about that topic. No one warned me on that part. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
yeah, that, well, that, and that's the, the connection and how you relate to someone is, you know, we all think, oh, my story's not unique. What's special about me to write a book? Who am I? That's that like imposter syndrome, inner mean girl, whatever you want to call it. But then when you get past that and you actually write the book, it's amazing how many people can relate to it. And that's what I think makes us human. And that's the reason why you should write a book, right? Even if it helps connect with one person to make them feel less alone and more like normalized in their their life experience, then it's worth it. And you've been a huge um, just motivator and inspiration for me. I've said that I'm going to write a book for many, many years. And honestly, that's been my biggest block is my own mind of saying, well, you're, you're not there yet. You're, you haven't completed this chapter or like feeling like you don't have enough life experience to write the book yet. When, um, I think it all comes together in the right timing, of course. And, and, um, really it's just sitting down and getting your thoughts out and getting your experiences on paper. So, if anyone listening to this is thinking that, you know, oh, I've always wanted to write a book or people have told me I should write a book, then the hardest part is just starting, right? Great points. I love that. We are our own worst roadblock. You know, I look at you and I see the way you motivate people. I recently joined one of your hiking groups and just out of nowhere, and I didn't know anybody in the group. I, I'm I'm not shy about that. I will go out to eat by myself. I don't care because I'll entertain myself. And of course, the whole group is welcoming and you figure out how you connect with each other. But you bring so many people together in so many variances. Um, Anybody that hasn't gone to the Zen and Pow website, check it out. It is not. Here's a studio gym. You go there. You're going to see all the different groups. Um, You've got choices of things you want to do and different events like the hiking and it's just so fantastic. Not everything's even physical. So Mm. when you explore that, I look at you as somebody who has all these things to share and you're going, nah, I don't know if I should write it. And it's so funny (laughs) because us on the outside are going, girl, you've got three books. I see all these different things. So that's what we all need is the accountability buddy. And somebody just to explain, what do you see when you look at me? Ask your best friend. What, what do you think I would write a book about? It doesn't even mean you would do it. But when's the last time you asked your friends that? Or even be brave and put it out there on Facebook. If I wrote a book, what do you think it would be on? Because you don't know what other people see you as. Yeah, that's so true. And I think that's just a great question. That's a conversation question to ask people. That's like the whole point behind this podcast of soul-driven conversations things that get below the surface level and actually dig into like, why are you here? What's your purpose? You know, like, what do you think of when you think of me? Like, those are the type of questions that we want to intrigue people to ask. So I love that. And you really like, you have all of these different skills and talents and offerings that you provide people in the realm of what I would consider connection and creativity, And really being able to explore all these different avenues. And maybe it's learning how to speak. Maybe it's learning how to write your story. Maybe it's just, oh, I don't feel like I'm creative at all. So how do I tap into that? So what Uh, would you say is like, where are you at right now in your career? And what are you enjoying the most? Oh, I am. I keep, um, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to just be honest and tell you, I have quit 
my podcast almost every day for the last month. But yet, when I say that, my husband says, no, you're not. And I haven't. (laughs) But it's just one more thing to do. And it's and then every time I get off of a a recording, I I run to him. Oh, my gosh, I met this coolest person. And so I am just Uh so out there that I love to see how we're connected with people. So for me, it's funny because I keep saying I'm quitting it. And then people are coming to me. Hey, I just I just had on the lady that has the how to build a sex room on Netflix. They reached yeah, out I saw to me. That. I'm like, what? You what? So that to me is affirming, but I also will sometimes land one of my guests was telling me a story about her mother with um it, she was bipolar and I think early onset dementia, very sad. And she's telling me the story of how she's helping her feel comforted in the living room because a helicopter scared mom. So she is making a tent in the living room and Hmm. comforting her. And when she told that story, I got very emotional. It just, the way she told it was beautiful. I end up asking her off the show, have you thought of writing this? Have you, are you speaking on this? And she said, no. And so we end up working together and I wasn't even fishing for that, but it happened. And now she's um, two weeks away from delivering her TEDx and her book comes out before the end of the year. And I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh, I matter because I'm so happy for my good friend. And she had that in her, but there again, somebody from the outside had to say that. So in looking for creativity, one of the things I always say is change where you're at. So maybe you're trying to write your book and you're at your home office and you're, you've got all your notes around you and you know what you're going to do. And it's just not happening. You're not Mm -hmm. feeling it. It's like when the wrong radio station is on and you can't get over there to change it, or it's between stations and you just want your good music. Um, Change where you're at, take your laptop, take your notes and go sit somewhere else, whether it could be Mm -hmm. outside, maybe your kid's room, maybe the basement, sit where the light is different switch the radio. So always think about your senses when you're looking for creativity. I wrote a lot of my first book at a coffee house (laughs) and that's a noisy place. And you know, there's people through there and I'm very distracted. I always look up and that's where I wrote the most of my book. That's where Todd, my husband and I would write most of our comedy sketches is at the coffee house. I mean, fueled by caffeine as well, let's be honest, but (laughs) some people play a coffee house um, on Pandora. I think there's a channel that sounds like coffee. Yep, I've used that. <laughs> yes. A yep, lot cheaper, totally. a lot cheaper, but how fantastic to just do that. So one of the things is switch what you're doing. If you are stuck and you can't finish something for work or you're, you're, you're just not feeling it, or you can't fall asleep, that kind of stuff, get up, you know, something just, you shouldn't lay in bed when you're trying to fall asleep. You're supposed to get up and and, you know, go stretch or something like that. Don't just lie in bed going, I can't sleep. What time is it now? So (laughs) for me, creativity is changing my surroundings and thinking about my senses. So the coffee house, the scent of coffee, the sound of it, the, the touch and feel of, you know, I'm at a different table. I've got my coffee house water on a napkin, all the different things. I'm going to grab my favorite pens and Yes. And always bring a sweater, even in the summer, just in case, you know, all those things. Think of all of your senses and alter them and see if that helps. I love that. So when you are trying to be creative and you can't, you feel like it's there's a blockage, change your surroundings, mm-hmm. get somewhere different. Yes. And I feel like that is also where you 
just have different ideas float to you or perspectives, or you observe something that triggers an idea. Um, and I would say a lot of times it's like getting out of your normal workspace to be creative mm-hmm. because sometimes it can be so hard. And I tell business owners this all the time to get out of your business, to work on your business and get creative and work on strategy. Because when you're in your day to day, you just get sucked into like the monotony, the routine, the going through the motions, maybe the distractions of people and, you know, problems and things that are constantly coming at you. It's hard to be creative when you're stressed and in that sort of stressful environment. So I love that getting somewhere new um, that inspires you. I find even nature can be very inspiring for creativity as well. And I think it's like that groundedness, you connect to the earth, you can relax more. And that to me is when like the ideas start to flood in. So would you say create, I'm just curious, is creativity something that you feel like you can force Oof. or do you create an environment like you just said, but can you really force it? I don't know. I don't think so. Excellent question. <laughs> I don't think you can force it, but you can invite it. Yes. So I you cannot, just, no more than you could force me to be great at math. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Thank goodness for the phone calculator. But uh, you know, you cannot force it, but you can be more aware and think about it. And so if you are working on that project, now I've changed my space. I'm still not feeling it. Like you said, outside is actually grounding. I don't care if you are, if it's winter, whatever, get out mm-hmm. and get the air. But if you, you know, for me, it's my, my um, dirt meditation is playing in the weeds and pulling weeds and yeah, totally you know, playing in the yard. So that's a really good way to do it. But sometimes it's, stepping back from the project. And for mm-hmm. myself, I'm writing my third book right now. And I had to step back and same for when I'm I'm a, a painter and I'll have to sometimes just, I've got a canvas over in my office that eh, it's not happening. So, you know, you come back to it and all of a sudden, aha, but you keep it in the back of your mind. And one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves is I don't need to write it down. I'll remember. Yeah, we never remember. (laughs) Bull crap. How many windows are open on anyone's computer right now? Or you're listening to this episode and you're either walking, doing laundry, you're driving, you're doing something else. You are not just sitting and listening. And so you won't remember. So I almost always have paper next to me. And if I'm in the car, I voice record. Those ideas are are trying to get through, but we are so dang busy. We've got... You know, at work, I'm running the phone, somebody walks in, and I also have my computer in front of me with several things open, and I have to make all the juggling work, and I do because I'm pretty great, but there's times that an idea is there and trying to get through, and it can't because of all the noise, so it's too many mind blocks, and so we, getting outside without our earbuds in, I mean, after you listen to the episode, and just letting the ideas come in. Today, when I was in my car, I almost always have a podcast on and I just, I was in the silence and it was pretty cool because I took some notes. And do you have this, Stephanie, where you're just about to fall asleep when you have an idea or maybe even in the night? I am such a hard sleeper that that never happens to me, but um, I get a lot driving in the car without the radio on. Um, I get a lot in my workouts and even like in the shower 
There shower is a big times, one. Yeah. Where I feel like a lot of ideas funnel through, but I think that's one of the best pieces of, of advice that you've given me is to take notes, mm. um, whether it's in your phone or actual pen and paper, because yeah, you're going to forget. And I get so lately it's been while I'm running, like I get so many of these, like, um, oh, this is a great metaphor. This is an epiphany. This is a good story that I think people would resonate with. I've been getting more and more lately. I think that I'm like aware of those things coming through and actually pausing to write them down. So that is huge. Um, I think just in, and I'm always promoting people of journal, just that reflection of your thoughts. Um, because we constantly are getting ideas and creativity and intuition from our higher power, I believe. Um, and it's up to us to actually listen to it and create those environments where we can hear it. And it's not drowned out by the world around us and the distractions and and the stress and all of that. So that's a huge piece of that um, connecting back to yourself, which I think is what creativity is. I always laugh when people say that, oh, I'm not creative. I just want to <laughs> be like, well, have you even tried? <laughs> Right. I think we're all creative in some way, shape or form. I think creativity comes in so many d- different ways. Um, but people and I've had this conversation with my husband a lot is people assume creativity means you're either an artist, you're a musician, or maybe like a painter. Um, and that's it. And I'm like, no, creativity is, you know, being creative in the kitchen. It's um, writing, it's maybe putting together a really strategic business project that is unique like it's maybe movement like movement dance exercise can be creative like there's so many different ways to be creative um but I think we kind of limit our zone just based on like what we're taught growing up yes creativity can be that you figured out the best way to fold your sweaters it doesn't have to be anything that has to be posted on Instagram it could be that you added a different spice. It can be yeah. that you took a different way home just because you were feeling it. Creativity is just that idea of why not. And so it it could be that the great way you answered somebody at work on the phone and they weren't mad at you and it could yeah. have been bad. And instead you were creative and you had a flowery answer. I mean, no, none of us say our boss is in the bathroom, right? So we are creative on the phone at work, you know, oh, he's, he's with someone right now and I'll have him call you back. Yeah, totally. So on on the topic of creativity, that's like one of the, you know, things I love about you most is your carefree nature. You're, you're silly, you're creative. Tell us how you came up with something like uh, serious uh, selfies with strangers or even your own podcast and some of the things that you've cultivated where did those ideas come from? Yeah, thank you. So my podcast is called Stranger Connections, and I started it to basically talk to actual strangers. And my idea was to figure out how we are connected, to figure out what we have in common, if anything. And we all have something in common, by the way. Spoiler. But it ended up being quirky, just quirky stories and strange careers, that kind of stuff. Um I call people my weirdos and that's a high compliment. If you're weird, that's a good thing because why be normal? And so from that, I just ended up finding my hook at the end, which is I always ask the person, 
to share a dare or a prank story because I love pranks. I even prank my coworkers who happen to be police officers. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and my husband's always like, what if you get hurt? I'm like, what a great story. Come on now. It's all life is about the story. But the serious selfies with strangers just was another improv brain moment where I saw two girls enjoying ice cream outside the historic ice cream shop in downtown La Crosse, Wisconsin. And they were living their life, man. They had waffle cones. They had a brick wall behind them. They're young. It was a beautiful day. Everything was happening. They were doing selfies and I wanted in. We are very attracted to humor and laughter and joy. And I was all of those in that moment. And my husband and I were walking down the street and I just said, hang on, I'm going over there. And he doesn't even ask anymore. I mean, bless his heart. And I went over and I just said to these gals, can I get a picture with you? And, and the one goes, are you an influencer? And I was like, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm going to look that up was what I was thinking. I didn't know back then. It was like seven years ago. I don't know. You're like, what's an influencer? (laughs) Exactly. Don't know, but you didn't say no. And to be honest, it it made me nervous to go ask, but I have this thing inside of me that is like, Ooh, there's something I should do. And I do it. it. It doesn't always mean it's right, but I'm very driven by the quick fleeting moments because I believe the idea came into my head for a reason and Mm -hmm. I'm going for it, you know? So the kid in me said, I'm going for it. And they were open to it. And as I brought up my phone to get the photo in that moment, another idea. And I said, let's not smile. And the other waffle cone gal is like, you mean be serious? And I was like, well, yeah, let's try it. And we're laughing. We couldn't not smile. Mm, And that's the whole reason I do it. So we get this serious look Two beautiful young ladies with ice cream not smiling is so funny to me. And I'm going to grab my book. And so I did put some serious selfies in my book. And even though we're audio only, I still want Stephanie to get the visual on my first serious selfie. These that gals, was the first one. This is my very first one. Wow. I love it. Now that's like seven or eight years ago. And... The funny thing is, is this past year, um, turns out one of those gals this year is Miss Oktoberfest Lacrosse, Zoe DeBoer. Wow. And so we just spoke at another event like two, three months ago and shared that story at the event with our serious selfie. So I do those a lot. And now I've had some local people reach out, like if I'm in a restaurant or a store, hey, can we get a serious selfie? One lady ran up to me at uh, the gas pump. Like I'm saying, um, I almost ran because she's running at me. And what are you going to think in that moment? I don't know her. She runs up and goes, let's get a serious selfie. And I said, sure. And then she told me who she was and I knew her name and we were friends on Facebook, had never met in person. Funny. That is so cool. So that was, that was funny. And now since we've had dinners at each other's houses and everything like that, it was fun. But How weird if I had stayed in my phone or not paid attention to things around me Mm. and not gone with that, why not? And what if thinking I wouldn't have had this quirky little thing. I do serious selfies with strangers, which join me on my Facebook page. You'll see a bunch of them, Lisa David Olson. And I wouldn't have had these actual friendships that came from it. That was not my goal. 
is still not my goal, but you can't help it when you connect with someone. I just was singing karaoke with one of my serious selfie friends two weeks ago. So it's just so silly. Cool. Yeah. Well, and like you said, those are the moments you miss when you're either not paying attention or you're sucked into your phone or your stress or your problems that you can't see beyond what is right in front of you. And there's so much out there just waiting for us to pay attention to it and to have these aha moments of inspiration. And I love that you act on them. Like what a, what a concept (laughs) to actually act on these ideas that we have instead of just letting them like pass by or maybe fill us with fear to the point where we we don't take action. So I think that's just a huge takeaway from this conversation is when you get that nudge or that idea that seems random when you get it, it's not random. It's put in your mind or your gut for a reason and to just go with it and see what becomes of it. Because those are the really cool stories and experiences that turn into something like serious selfies with strangers. So I love that. That's a, that's a big takeaway. Let's talk a little bit about the upcoming Mind Body Soul Summit that I'm so excited to have you be part of and to share your gifts at. Um, you will be talking um, about happiness and laughter and how to use that to deal with hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that will be. I'm really excited. I know it's the it's your first ever, and it's the Women's Wellness Conference. So that's Sunday, September 17th, which is a great yes. day. It's it's in September. We're just going to have a great time. And I know there's only a few seats left. So maybe by the time this goes, it's already sold out. But I'm excited to be a part of it. And I'm going to kind of see what the room wants. We can, we can go toward finding humor in our writing. We can, you know, because what about if it's the right time to start jazzing up that end of the year newsletter, holiday letter that some people still do, or you just want to write a little bit funnier for your marketing, your Facebook posts. Maybe it's just finding more humor. You know, one of the things I love to say is more punchlines and less headlines. It's another way to relieve stress. Go watch some bloopers of your favorite show, (laughs) but I will, I will feel out what people want. I've got my standard things. I love to do. I'm interactive as a speaker and I'm not boring, and I always bring prizes. So we will have a blast because I know you have quite a mix of speakers. Yeah, it's going to be really fun um, to have a variety of, you know, more analytical topics that are very, you know, informational driven, and then more fun, lighthearted experience, um, emotional topics that you know, tug on your heartstrings a little bit or make you have these, you know, aha moments of, yeah, I need more. I need more of, of that inspiration or that positivity in my life. So it's going to be a really good variety of speakers and people. And I'm so excited about it. The thing is, is that we run our cell phones until we have to charge them or restart them. We do that constantly our cell phones are you know if we don't have our cell phone we about have a heart attack and we need to treat ourselves better than we treat our phones and that's why people need to go to the summit is to take that day to reset and get some information and network and meet the friends you don't yet know because they're Mm going to be there 
and yeah, you're going to, you're going to leave with some notes and some inspiration. Yeah, totally. And I really do think that, you know, we've become so disconnected these past few years, um, and sucked into our devices and, you know, maybe just more at home and in our own little world. And it's time to get out again and connect with people on a deeper level. And there's nothing that will ever replace being in a room with people and feeling that energy, that high, that, I mean, it's an endorphin rush to be in an environment like that. And a lot of us have forgotten what that feels like. So it's really important to recharge ourselves, but also to elevate the energy of everyone in the room. And that's how, that's how it happens is coming together with community. So some personal questions that I love oh, to geez. ask. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it could be My personal, it could be business, you know, oh, sometimes geez. they intertwine. Um, but what would you say has been your biggest obstacle that you have overcome? Feeling dumb. And I still fall back on that sometimes. But I did leave school in 10th grade, I did continue and get my GED. I did do some college, but my default is to say that I'm dumb. If I don't understand something, I have a glitch or something like that. My husband's been very, very helpful in that he caught that that's my pattern. We all have that pattern and and of whichever it might be for someone that we fall back on thinking something negative. So working on that has been better and especially not saying no to many things as in exploring and learning and going forward. So I, I do hold a, a pretty nice job that I I can't be a stupid person to have the job I have and, you know, doing things like TEDx talks and doing things that I'm always chasing things. So that that's one of my obstacles is knowing I'm not dumb. I have a lot to share and we all have our different talents to share. So I don't need to match anybody else. Yes. Absolutely. And bringing your own experiences to things. You know, a lot of times I think we compare each other based on where we're at in your current level of success, or like you said, having letters behind your name or, you know, degrees or things like that. When really it's about being able to relate to other people, you know, it's not about how smart you are, especially being a speaker and a comedian and, you know, being in a career with other people, um, it's about relating to them. And Mm -hmm. as long as you can do that, it doesn't matter how quote unquote smart you are or how many degrees you have. Um, I think that makes you more relatable. The fact that, you know, you're vulnerable to say like, I feel dumb sometimes who doesn't. Right. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, what are my favorite question to ask? What are you most proud of about yourself? my two, my two boys. I always talk about my boys. They're just little tiny babies. They're six foot two and six foot six and they're 25 and 27 today. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the cycle that I came from an alcoholic home and my parents not ever getting along. I don't know why they stayed married. You know, some kids come from a broken home and they're like, Oh, but I come from a divorced home. And I'm just like, wow, I should have, but my parents stayed together and it was awful. Um, the fact that I made sure that I wasn't that kind of parent to my kids because so many times the pattern is repeated Mm -hmm. and it's, you treat others, you, 
you uh, seek out a partner that is like what you grew up with or that kind of thing. No, sir. I broke that pattern. And my sons have such common sense and such conversation skills that I swear to you, I, they could talk to anyone. And that makes me so proud because people that are in their twenties today really lack a bit of conversation skills. And every day I'm so proud of my sons and they are so good to me. (laughs) So as you can tell, that would be my biggest deal is that I've, I'm on my third husband, third and final, right, Todd? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but I stayed friends with my exes. And so my mm-hmm. boys don't have to deal with any of that. It, it's not their fault. It's not their problem. And I'm in touch with their dad every week. We chat all the mm-hmm. time. So it's, I think it's a matter of choice. I think if you're a bitter ex, you didn't finish that. You need to figure out how to work through that. And so that's the things I'm proud of is, not not dumping my history on my children. Yeah, well, that's huge. And you should be proud of that. And to be able to, like you said, be friends with your exes, like not many people can say that. So I right. think that's just a testament to your intentionality to break those generational patterns of trauma, right? And when you're aware of them, you can do better and be grateful for the experiences that you had, even though they weren't ideal, but they gave you this awareness of what you don't want, right? Sometimes a (laughs) negative experience is more about, well, I don't want this for my future, my kids, or, you know, whatever that may be. So I'm going to intentionally do something different. And um, that's, that's huge. Not a lot of people have that. So what is next for you though? I know you said you're writing your third book. Um, where, what's next on maybe your bucket list, your life list, um, whether it's career or personal. I am. It's so funny because the things I've been chasing, I'm doing. So I, I am, you know, if I was, well, thank you, friend. It's if I was in a job interview and you said, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm going to tell you, I've never been able to answer that question. I don't look that far down the way. And in fact, when I'm driving, I suck at driving. I don't look way down that either. (laughs) But I did um, invent a card deck of prompts. And it's love that. Oh my gosh, it is is very fun. And so there's prompts two on each card. And I play that when I'm out in a group. And it's also you can use them for writing or storytelling prompts. And so I'm very proud of that. And thanks to my husband, it became real. He makes things 3D for me. I got the ideas and then he's the graphics I need a deck of those cards. Yay. All right. Yeah, it's called Dare Zone. But I'm also into my third book that because I stepped away, I had my big aha. And I'm like, ah, yeah, now I get it. So I never stopped writing, but I wasn't sure of the thing that was going to put it together. And by not stopping, now I've got my aha, I've got that almost done. And then my next TEDx is in October in Virginia, and that'll be my third. But Yay. I also just, you know, if I were to answer a shorter answer is I love helping get people to a stage, finding their message. And if they're interested in TEDx's, I love to tell them about the journey and I lead them toward that red dot because a, a TEDx is a great way to promote yourself, but also to challenge yourself. And the networking part of it is phenomenal. Mm. It's really fun. I love it. And just to hear you talk about those experiences, I can tell that's what lights you up right now in this stage of life and your career. So 
I can totally see you going down that path of like your superpower is helping pull these amazing stories out of people to either write or speak on or both um, who maybe never thought that their story was worthy of being told. And you have this really cool way of seeing people for them, their, you know, authentic self and encouraging them to share it with the world. So, and then giving them some of those strategies and steps and resources along the way. So I think that's where you're headed next. And I I think that's really exciting for you. So I like how you see me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Like you you said, we need other people to tell us what are superpower skills? What do you see me doing? What am I good at? Because yeah, we're our own worst critic too. And sometimes I, you just feel like you do so many things. I'm sure you feel this. I feel like I do so many different things. Sometimes it's really hard to hone in on like, what is my really unique skill, right? What is my genius level skill? Like I might be really good at different things or average, but like, what is my genius? Like, what is the one or two things that sets me apart that I can do differently than majority of the people. So a lot of times we need other people to tell us what those are. Um, yes. Because they see that out of our own way. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. Yes. So my last and final question is what drives your soul today? What do you get up for each morning? Mm. Uh, like I said, I'm a, I'm a carrot chaser. So I, I just want to do all the things because we don't know what day is the last day we get to spin on this green and blue marble. And we don't really know what's out there afterward. You can believe, and I I honor those that can. And so why not do all the things? So to me, it's um, cool. I woke up again. This rocks. Uh, let's do some stuff. And I don't always have, I'm not always humor laughing person, obviously, yet I'm always looking for it and I'm Mm -hmm. always open to it. So I'm, I'm just always wanting to explore, experience, sweat in the weird places and dare myself daily, just being bold and being weird. I love that. It's almost like waking up with the mentality of, I have no idea what is going to (laughs) come at me today. That's going to be really cool, but I'm open to it. And I think we could all adapt more of that mentality And something else that I've noticed in you sharing your journey too, is just how you don't get caught up in the outcome. Mm. Like you're not doing something just for a tangible like number or like you're doing, you're following your passion and doing things that excite you and intrigue you and make you feel alive. And there's no like outcome goals necessarily that you need to have all the time, which Granted, there's a time and a place for those type of outcome goal driven things. But I really think when you can get into your creativity, it's almost better to surrender the outcome because it limits what you actually create and how you create. So I just love that, like letting go of the outcome, whatever it ends up being cool, enjoying the journey and the process is really where I think your emphasis is at. I like that. That is me, girlfriend. You got it. I'm I like the way you say about it. Yourself. <laughs> I'm open to but it. I, no, I like that a lot. You're right. Yes. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, and again, like it's one of those things where that's your norm, but it's not the norm. 
So it's cool to um, see that as that's a superpower for you. That's a strength um, that we could all tap into more of. So if you and if whoever is listening to this conversation wants to find you, learn more about all these cool different things that you're doing, where should they go? Oh, lovely. If you look up Lisa David Olson, you'll find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, sometimes on TikTok. And where else? Yeah, just my website. So Facebook Messenger is probably the quickest way or find my contact on my website. I would love to chitty chat. Awesome. And your podcast is Stranger Connections? Yes, it is. Awesome. So you can go listen to some of her really cool connections with strangers and just hear some really um, interesting stories from other people, which again, is really cool that you pull those out through a podcast. So yep, and you'll hear all the pranks and the dares as each one wraps up if that's your thing. I love it. Well, thank (laughs) you so much for being on here today, sharing your story and your journey. And it was just so fun to chat with you. Always fun to have Stephanie time. Thanks for having me on the show. I love it. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. Until next time, keep following what drives your soul. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Soul Driven with Steph. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it out with someone else who needs to hear this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when new episodes drop. And until next time, be sure to take care of your mind, your body, and your soul.